0: Take me home, Midland Road, to the place, I belong to the valley, to see the city, take me home, Midland
1: Road. Okay, welcome along to the latest edition of a season with Bradford City, episode five, part two, but part two is far better than I envisaged, I thought it'd be me rolling around the stadium, talking to people at the ground. With very poor sound, but I've not. I've got Dom Newton with me. Dom, how are you, sir? I'm good.
0: Tom, how are you, mate?
1: I'm all right. Yes, I appreciate the, this time. Although you've got a sporting injury, I believe. Can I mention that? I do. Yeah.
0: You, of course, you can. Yeah. Third. I'm not like a footballer. <laughs> I, yeah. But my move to bloody Saudis off now. Thanks. I didn't know for if you really had
1: mentioned it for the weekend or not. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I've torn my cruciate for the third time, so I, I had it reconstructed last Tuesday. Um, so it's a bit, it's a bit sore, mate, but it's not that bad. I'm a big boy. I'm brave.
1: Well, we wish you well with that, mate. And I will hide my glass of wine that I am drinking because I imagine you're on some sort of pain relief. But anyway,
0: um, Yorkshire
1: tea. Yorkshire tea is my pain relief. Good man. Good man. I'm always surprised by the size of Bradford City, the absolute magnitude of the club, the loyal support. But what is it like on the roller coaster that is being a Bradford City supporter?
0: I, I maintain, and I annoy my colleagues and, and friends that aren't Bradford City fans with this all the time Bradford City are the best football team to support if you love football, right. because we're, I know that, I know that it's terrible at the minute, and it's been terrible in the past, but because we've been bad, you get to really experience those highs in football when you get them. The Premier League in '99, Cup the Cup run 2012-13, giant killings. Manchester United fans. Don't get to experience giant killings today. I mean, <laughs> if you do, if, if say you beat a Barcelona and it feels good, it's not a giant killing because you're you are you are on a par with them, really. Yeah. Bradford City have experienced all of that giant killings, uh, cup football, European football, the Intertoto Cup in the year two thousand. <laughs> Mate, that I is European it. football. Yes. And we played St. Petersburg and a little known player called Andreas Chavin made his debut against Bradford yes. City. Which do you know what was how was there? Was Carboni playing? Uh, I can't remember really, no, It was that era. It was that yeah. era, yeah. And and we got battered every game, but it we you know, we experienced Europe. We've been in administrations, which makes you appreciate your club a lot more. You know, we've experienced the full spectrum of football, the lows, the very lows. I mean, Peter Taylor nearly taken us out of the league in yeah. the like 2010. Just made you, you know, it helps you appreciate the highs so much more. It's only two years later, after nearly going out of the league and being yes. skinned, that Bradford City went on a cup run and became one of the most famous teams in the country and got to experience all of that. So, by far, I think, the best football team to <laughs> support in the world.
1: Uh, and when you put it like, it's a pretty compelling argument. And all those Manchester United fans, of which I am one, when I'm not watching Bradford City, yes, we need to have a word with ourselves, I think, when you sort of go through the years like that, because I actually do remember that into Toto Cup competition. Seven league games this campaign, two wins, three draws, two defeats. At this point, seven league games in, as I mentioned. How would you summarise Bradford City's start to this season?
0: Uh, at very Bradford City. I know that, and, and you'll know this through doing the podcast and coming to, to Valley Parade so far this season, Tom, that Bradford City fans are really despondent about it. Like, they seem really disappointed and I get it. End of last season, we looked like we were maybe a couple of players short of being the full package and get out of League Two. And then we start this season and it's been a bit lacklustre. We didn't really fill those gaps. Or it doesn't feel like we did. You know, we kept the core of a squad, which never happens at Bradford City. It's Season on season rebuilds every year. We're sick of it. And it looked like it was going to be better this year. And it still could be, is what I want to add to Bradford City fans. It still could happen. It's early days. We've got a similar amount of points to where we were at this point last season. I think the worry is what Mark Hughes is doing with those tactics. And it being so early in the season and it's still looking like he's not quite sure. And the Grimsby game highlighted that massively.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll come on to that in a second. But but Dob overall, then uh, what are your thoughts on Mark Hughes first and foremost, and then secondly, as he's you know into the second season, full season as manager now, he had that little run when he got the job. He's had a good full season in charge, like I say, probably about par last season. Would, would would you agree? Getting to the playoffs, very disappointing, obviously against Carlisle. But but this season, <sighs> going in the right direction. You know, were you expecting this?
0: I don't think we've gone in any direction yet. I know it's right. I know it's disappointing. I know it's I know it's disappointing as Bradford City fans, and I think that the realists and the the long term Bradford City fans know how to handle this sort of start to a season. You just don't really know where it's going yet. To to answer your, your first question, I want to start by saying I do not think sacking Mark Hughes would be the right thing to do. I think that is mad at this point in the right. season to be to be thinking about. I still think he's the right man for the job. I don't know who'd replace him short of Darren Moore, who I don't think would want to drop to 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 this division. But I I think Mark Hughes is the right person for the job. What I want to see is him making his mind up about mm-hmm. the 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 tactics, about the personnel.
1: Yeah.
0: Um it's it's hard to judge because like I said, it where we're at, I don't I can't work it out. And this always happens. You know, it's it's not just a one-off thing where I'm like, oh God, I'm so confused at the start of this season. We're yeah. seven games in, it's a mixed badge of bag of results. It's average You know, no players are coming out with like, oh, we go again next week. There's been nothing criminally disappointing except for the Morecambe game. Um, I think it's too early. I think it's too early for me to say anything that potentially will get me in trouble, make me look a fool. No,
1: no, you're amongst friends here.
0: (laughs) But, uh, no, uh, mate, honestly, I think so far he's the the man for the job. I think he, he needs time to... To, f- to figure
1: it out at this point funny things happen though Dom don't they on these scenes as well there's great teams and great league performances up and down the pyramid you know not everybody starts well and there is that old isn't there like the cliche peak at the right time in the season there's a lot of football to, to, to be played and what I've noticed um, having watched more League 2 games not just previously than ever before is that Pretty much, everybody's capable of taking points off everybody. The, the, the team at the bottom of the league. I went to watch Doncaster Everton last week in the in the League Cup, and Doncaster in the first half. You, you know, if you'd come down from a a different planet and asked which was the the, the the better team on paper, you'd have probably said Doncaster rather than Everton. Everton turned it round. I agree. But, you, know, you look at Doncaster and their struggles now. You know what a hard place that's going to be to go for people to go to if they can get their act together.
0: League two is a nightmare. It always has been. It's the reason Bradford yes. City have been stuck there for so long. We, we tend to fall foul of, you know, if anyone's got a bad record, you know, they've not won away for 19 games. They'll come to Valley Parade and win. That always seems yeah. to happen to Bradford City and vice versa. Um, it's, it's a really, really tough league to get out of. I do worry Mark Hughes doesn't understand it. Not, you know, that sounded like I understand it better than he does. Yeah, I don't yeah. have not got a clue. I have not got a clue. And mm. I thank my lucky stars that I get to just enjoy this as a fan, really. But then trying to work out the mathematics behind League Two. But take uh, going into the Mansfield game, Bradford City, Mansfield were producing, you know, XG figures provided by Spot Life Football, uh, XG figures. <laughs> That that were outperforming Manchester City, that League Two had never seen before. Their attacking mm. was superb, absolutely mm. superb. Bradford City, their defense had been shocking. So you think Mansfield are going to put two or three past Bradford here, and it'll be an easy yeah. game for Mansfield? Nil-nil. Bradford and Mansfield looked looked equals at both ends of the pitch. Um, again, an unconvincing display from Bradford City, but still League Two. Mansfield should have been battering us. You know, mm. it's just it's such an odd an odd league and i think a lot of that comes down to the standard of players yeah the 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 tactics i remember once with with work i went to interview um was it paul warne who was at rotherham yes and um one of one of the questions i asked was he'd been talking about xg to me at the time it's a few years ago it was new data in football was fairly new at that level And it was really important to Rotherham. And I I said, well, what's the, you know, what's the difference between a Kevin De Bruyne at Man City and and a a midfielder at Rotherham? And he was saying, Kevin De Bruyne can hold 30 tactics for one game in his head. They know exactly what's going to work out. You know, um, if, say Man City are playing Liverpool, Liverpool make a substitution, De Bruyne knows, right, I've got to switch to this style of play. Huh. Whereas a a Rotherham player or a League One, League Two player, you, you're remembering one or two things maximum. It's not just about that physical ability of the player; yeah. it's about their mental capacity. And I'm sure that in League One and League Two there are players that could, you know, that are very mentally strong players. I'm I'm absolutely certain of it. But I think that that plays a part at this division because it's much more of a level playing field. There aren't the players that can turn a game on its head by themselves which sounds silly from a Bradford City fan having Andy Cook no, last no, year yeah. score 90% 90% of our goals or something but you watch yeah. Andy Andy Cook his his Andy Cook's impression on the game is the goals very little else which sounds harsh and obviously the goals were the most important thing for us last season but he's there to score yeah. and that's the impact he has on a the game there's there are rarely midfield players or defensive players yeah. that will turn a yeah, game on the head for
1: you that's so interesting. Two things there that really really um, hit me is, first of all, the, the, the situations and the different sort of mental approach someone like Kevin De Bruyne takes, which shows it's not just about ability with your feet. It's that tactical understanding. And Premier League players generally sound like they have to be at that higher level. And secondly, on Andy Cook, it was the first point Harry Lewis made to me A few weeks ago after the game against Stockport where he missed a penalty. But I think the pivotal moment for him was he had a a one on one sort of ninetieth minute, ninety first minute, and he went through and he had a heavy touch the keeper and he sort of laid on the grass for six or seven seconds, but it felt like an eternity. And I could see that that bothered him. But then straight after the game, or in the press comments earlier that later that week on the Thursday, Harry said to me that he's actually his game's changed this season. He's been forced to see he's changed. He's had to press more. He actually set up Patterson that, that evening, didn't he?
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah, and he does,
1: you know, made other positive contributions that are not just goals. You know, if you're not at the game, you see, oh, Cook hasn't scored again.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the reason for his poor performances. And I do that in inverted commas because I think again, there was a point last season where Cook wasn't playing for us, hadn't scored, and he came back and worked wonders. He's a confidence player. You can tell in his personality; he's a bouncy personality. Uh, you know, if you've been watching football for a number of years, those players need confidence. They need constant reassurance, and mm-hmm. the best reassurance they get is goals. Yeah. Even if it's a, even if the first goal to get back on track is a penalty, they just need to feel it again, and then yes. they get on a run. The the there's the, this whole malarkey about Jake Young at Bradford City didn't do. Anything for us really. Summits happened, he's been loaded out, He's scoring loads for Swindon. He's one of those players. He gets a feel for it and he scores again and again and again. Mm. That's 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 He's on a run, isn't he? It's the unfortunate nature of a goal scorer yeah. is they can go on barren spells. You watch the Peter Crouch documentary on Amazon. He went on a barren spell for Liverpool for ages, scored, couldn't stop scoring after that. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird thing, and it's again it's mentality that as yeah, a football no, fan sure. you don't think about
1: too much. Mm. I saw Jake Young, I think, play left wing against Bradford Park Avenue in a preseason season friendly. Um, again, early days of this this sort of series and people saying to me that he'll probably get a loan move somewhere. And I thought, well, yeah, I mean, he didn't look at that point like he was offering a great deal. But you never know what goes on behind closed doors. One person that did actually go out on loan quite a bit last season and in previous seasons is Bobby Poynton. Walked away with the man of the match. Uh, award at the weekend, um, and, and I guess from sort of my unbiased outside view, if you like, really, for one so young, um, a little bit Phil Foden like many, and his sort of ability to to want the ball in difficult situations. He had um, pressure on him in the first half. It didn't go well for many Bradford City players, never mind Bobby Poitner, but he never hid, never, ever hid, and that's what I like about a, a football. And these young ones, younger players as well, that's a very rare Attribute, I think, but he's not the future, is he? He's there now, and it might be because of injuries to the likes of Patterson, Cook, and others in other other areas. But he's he's still young, but got to be Dom, hasn't he? One of the first names on the team sheet
0: looked so mature on the ball. Yeah, I mean, and we'll probably get onto the Grimsby game in more detail in a bit, but it was a, a game of serious two. Halves like the performances were, <laughs> yeah. were were chalk and cheese, but the one constant was Bobby Poynton, and I hate to say this; it comes with naivety as mm. a young footballer
1: yeah. you 're
0: making braver decisions, decisions that your manager might think are foolish, but you 're still making them you 're looking for cutting passes you 're making moves and quick turns that you might not necessarily risk as a more um, experienced player because you don't want to make a mistake that could cost the team. And it was so good to see. We've not seen it at Bradford City for such a long time. He's an exciting young player. I think there's a lot of pressure to come on young shoulders because if he does continue to perform like this, the fans are going to expect it. And they're going to expect that he's going to turn games around by himself. Not, on, You know, f- fans would just get overexcited about players like this, myself included. I was so excited to watch him. Unfortunately, I was laid up on the sofa, but I got to watch him Via TV and via the highlights, and listen to what the commentators yeah. are saying about this exciting young player. And yeah. he was he was exciting to watch. And he looks like he knows the game, very, very oh, intelligent um, yeah. player.
1: Um, honestly, I was so impressed with him there. I'd obviously heard a lot about him, I, I seen him in, in little glimpses. Um, away at, away at Morecambe, I think he came on, um, played wide right. But just these, like you say, there, he's I mean, his bravery, wanting the ball in these tight positions because the, the first half it wasn't going. Bradford's, Bradford's way, but he was so he never he never shied away from it. Never shied away. He was really from the thing. There's, there's a lot of Premier League players that can't do this midfield, Dom. And you, you'll have seen through the years is oh, you know yourself and play at level that can't take the ball back to goal off their back off their own back four. And he's willing to do that. You know, he's willing it, to it, and he's not a flick around the corner and get out of the way, he's willing to take control of it, which is yeah, you know, he's super important.
0: He showed a maturity way beyond his years and getting introduced at league two is hard. You speak to, you know, players that maybe drop down to League Two from from high levels. I mean, look look at Richie Smallwood, for instance. He's a player that has arguably struggled dropping down at this division. I don't think it's been as, not easy, but I don't think it's been as simple or as straightforward as he would have liked dropping down from playing for Hull. And captaining Hull, coming to Bradford, he's not had any performances that have really stood him out as a former championship captain. Whereas you put Bobby Poynton in, First home start, local lad. He's obviously got the backing of the fans behind him. But then to put in a performance like that was very, very exciting. I'm so excited yeah. for his future, and yeah. I'm always wary of getting carried away because Bradford City have had players like the like Danny Forrest. He burst onto the scene for Bradford. Scott, Danny a Forrest, couple of great goals.
1: Danny. They I opened the, they the
0: Danny. For- I, I was the uh, administrator for the Danny Forrest fan club back in the day. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was. That was, real, that was a real thing that Bradford City set up. Basically, we'd send out signed pictures to really? people, people who were Danny Forrest. Because fans realised local lad doing well. Yeah, and yeah. then through management changes and changes in tactics, Danny Forrest faded away. Um, he was an unbelievably talented, exciting mm. footballer. Disappeared. And what that's a the thing. What a day goal, um, you Mate, I've got what? that saved on
1: my phone. Was it Walsall? Is it an over? It was an overhead kick, wasn't it? In front it? of the cop. In front of the cop. Well, I think it's also for a lo, for a
0: local lad. Not to mention, he's one of the nicest lads ever. And this Bobby yeah. Poynton seems like he's a lovely lad as well. So yeah. I don't want to get too carried away, but from what I've seen, early signs, he's an incredible footballer. And if you've not played the game, I can't. It, it's and I haven't. I don't know why I'm talking like I have. <laughs> but I've I've played. I've been in position to play against ex-pros and. I mean, these ex-pros are finished, but it is fucking impossible to get yeah. near them.
1: Yeah, so yeah.
0: to be introduced as a 19-year-old into a professional game, I know it's League 2, but, but believe me, it's fucking hard
1: to play yeah. football.
0: Like like if they put an everyman on like like me or or you to play against it, you, you would look, it would be embarrassing. Yeah. I, I, I I just cannot explain how different it is. Like posture, the way you run, the way you strike oh, the, yeah, ball, yeah, yeah. the ball, pass the ball, it's so cultured in it.
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: and for for him to have come on and 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 done that, I know it wasn't his debut for Bradford, but his home debut, eighteen thousand people, TV. A, a tough le- on TV, tough level. Your manager's a former, you know, big time striker. I think he was fucking exceptional. I love I love the guy, and I I pray to God, and I don't believe in God, but I pray to him that Bobby turns out to be the the real deal, and that we keep him. I don't want to offload him. I don't want to cash no. in. And I know that that's a possibility if he does do well, but well, hopefully, let's...
1: hopefully he can come through the leagues up that pyramid with Bradford City rather than, as you say.
0: Look how excited <laughs> we are. We won't, we won't, we've seen him for one solid game. So if he can keep that up, then then I'm very, very excited. But the, the fact that Bradford City have got an exciting player to talk about who's homegrown is massive, absolutely massive for us.
1: And I had that very moment of playing, um, I got... Danny Forrest earlier in my Sky days on Wellington Street actually not a million miles away from your office there he played um Tim Thornton arranged a five-a-side on a Monday night and Danny came down and played on my team he definitely wasn't going to be on anybody else's team and um he stood out in the fashion that you described then having played and I think he was actually still playing um then as well maybe for Halifax or something but anyway I'll tell you more about that off off podcast but um Amazing, yes let's it? get that Bobby Poynton um fan club going. (laughs) One change on Saturday in the second half. um, Hughes went from three to four at the back in that draw against Grimsby. Is that the end of that formation now, do you think?
0: I would would like to think so because it was obvious, wasn't it, that when you changed it, Like we looked much, much better. Not perfect, but much improved. We were the better team in the second half. And the Sky commentators were similarly astounded. They were like, "I cannot believe how different this game is now." Like Greensby, yeah. all of a sudden, with the the team on the on the back foot. But he did give a pretty a pretty resilient interview afterwards, where he didn't sound sound totally resigned to getting rid of that. And that that stubbornness I've seen in managers at this level many times, and it's finished them
1: off. It's it's interesting, Don, because you'll probably know better than me, but I think from the research I've done, Wrexham, possibly Notts County, played three five two. Carlisle, did they play it with a bit of success as well last season? I think there were times that Simpson did do it. So he's probably looked at, maybe not Notts County and Wrexham, but he probably looked at the likes of Carlisle, seeing the bit of success they've had and thought, actually, can it be used in this league? That said, did he almost have to just play through Saturday with it I know. Yes, he changed Just, it, and the point. You know what I mean?
0: On that, on that point, let's use Carlisle as the example. Yes, worked for them because of their personnel. Look at their wing backs. They've got pacey players. They have players that could easily get forward and back.
1: Yeah. We yeah.
0: don't really have that same personnel. Yeah. Not only did Carlisle have those players, they had them in for like reinforcements on the bench as well. So it's a tiring role. Playing wing back is fucking it's exhausting. It's yeah, an exhausting role eye. and you're constantly getting berated by your manager. Get back, get forward, get yeah. back, get it in the box, cover in, blah, blah, blah. It's probably the most tiring role on the pitch. So Carlisle had it right last season because they had those reinforcements. They had players that could cover those roles. Bradford City don't really. And I think we have a very good squad, I think. I know that some fans will disagree with that. I think we've got a good enough squad to go up. If we can yeah. get Andy Cook back scoring, even better. But we've got a good enough squad. I think you'll, you might agree, Tom, the last couple of games we've seen Bradford City without Andy Cook, it's not been the lack of strike that's cost us, it's the lack of chances created that's caused the problem. Yes. I mean, the, the the Gilead goal, set up brilliantly by Poynton, was a self-made you know, it didn't come from a wing or anything. It was created by a creative player, saw Gilead on the edge of the box, and Gilead, after he came on, made a massive difference and was going for the goal. We don't, yeah. we don't get a lot of that. Whereas last season, when we did quite well, we were seeing, you know, the likes of Brad Halliday putting the ball in the box a lot because we had that striker there. We've not created enough chances. I don't know if the data backs that up, but from a no. fan's point of view, from watching games, you, we, we've, we've not created a lot.
1: You're right. Before Saturday... <laughs> Embarrass myself here, but I think Bradford City on average in their first six games, now this is before Saturday, might I add, they had four shots on target per game. Now I, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure how that balances out against the rest of the rest league. Now, when Hughes in these press conferences has been quizzed on Andy Cook and him not scoring, he has repeatedly made the point pretty similar to I think where you were going in that dimension that we missed that focal point up front. You know, and and, and when you're 1-0 up against somebody or you're under the cosh and you need to kind of like ride through the storm because that's what League 2 is, you know, you don't dominate games for 90 minutes as far as I can see anyway. You're absolutely right. Uh, you, need to hit, you need to hit that old-fashioned big man up front. You need to let him hold it. You need to let him buy you a free kick. And if Cook isn't scoring, he can do that. If you actually look before the Stockport game and the penalty miss... It was actually a very good performance from him, I thought. He had a couple of headers that went wide. He was working that back line. He was battling away um, with, with, with the two central defenders at stop. He, he put in a pretty decent showing yeah, is, a,
0: is it Like we said earlier, he's a confidence player. Missing that penalty early in the season killed him. 100%,
1: yes. Yeah, he needs yeah, he yeah.
0: needs he needs the goal, and he'll be fine. Trust me, he'll be absolutely fine. But the, the boy obviously knows where the back of the net is. Patterson as well is a, is a player we've not touched on yet from from Harrogate. It's been a revelation. Looks lively, quick. Losing him to injury as well has been has been devastating. For us going forward?
1: Been. Unbelievable. Well, I'll, come to, I'll come on to the midfielder, which is part there because I think we've we've discussed Cook. Cook. Um, just
0: just on, it, on the on the before we move off that, on. the goal situation is worrying. It is, it is very worrying. I think, I can't remember exactly what the stat is, but I think we've only scored six, which is like half or something the goals we'd scored at this point last
1: season, which is very troubling. Uh, what, Paul Simpson made a comment after the first leg of the playoff semi final last season, Bradford Carlisle. And can you remember when they were all on the pitch, the Carlisle players, after having a huddle? Bradford won 1 0. And. They had, obviously, the away leg to go to. And the interview was... I spoke to Simpson about his success with the England youth teams. So I'm always quite interested in what he says. And he said that over the two games, if we can stop Andy Cook scoring, he said, even though we're one nil down, we have got a fantastic chance of going through this this, this two-legged tie. And he, 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 I think he even said that if we keep Cook to that amount of chances again in the home leg, even though we're one nil down... We've still got a chance. Where I'm going with this is, is do you think then it's a bit of a problem that obviously you, flagged knew about last season compared to this season, which looks slightly lesser, if anything, in terms of chances creating goals scored. Do you think managers are looking at it now and thinking, Cook's not there. Patterson scored half the goals this season, two or no, so keep them too quiet. Or if they're not playing, we've got a great chance.
0: You're probably right. I think the problem we had last season remains this season and this season is even more of a standout problem because not enough goals came from elsewhere on the pitch you know we've got we've got great players capable of scoring Jamie Walker last season Scott Banks not replaced him but maybe Patterson has stepped into that scoring Mm -hmm. role but Mm -hmm. goals need to come from elsewhere and I know it's hard it's league 2 you're not signing the players that are going to be banging in goals from left back and right back and stuff like that you're just not but We need to figure it out. You can't just rely on Andy Cook. You can't. And and the way the season started, as a fan, you're thinking: if we don't get Cook scoring, where are you know? And we're losing players regularly to injury. Where are the goals coming from? It's it's something I can't answer. And in League Two, it's I, I think there's a lot of luck involved you strike it lucky with a striker sometimes. And Andy Cook was that for us. We got lucky with him. We didn't think Andy Cook was going to be a 30-odd goals striker last season. Not a chance. And he was. But you look at his career, that's a one-off. It is a a one-off. And I love the lad. And he will score goals this season. But to think he'll score 30 again two seasons, I I just think it's unlikely, unfortunately.
1: Hugh says that regularly that, he thinks his team are capable of playing out from the back. Is that the right approach? And did we see that on that, we reflect on, on the Grimsby game as well, what are your overall thoughts on that? Because does the last minute equaliser kind of cover some of the struggles before that, do you think? I, th- I, th- I
0: think your season, Bradford City fan, won't be fooled by scoring <laughs> a late equaliser <laughs> against Grimsby, I hope.
1: <laughs> I don't think it, p- it papers over any... Why, any crap, but why, but why, why, why is that, done? Because, you know... Season Bradford City fan, that means you you're a seasoned Bradford City fan. And I hear this all the time from Bradford fans, is but you've had different managers. Why is it a season? Why are you still in league two? Why is that just not acceptable? But I'm why is that you know what I mean?
0: I put a tweet out on Bantam's Banter a few days ago, actually. It said, look, the, the ownership's changed. The players have changed. The managers have changed. The only constant is the fans. Is it us? <laughs> Are we the problem? And it, yeah, could, yeah. it could be that. You know, with big crowds comes more noise. You hear the groans. You hear the, oh, God. And, you know, as much as you hear the cheering, I imagine, as a player. So I don't know how much that effect affects the games. But I think, I, I'm just hoping that that result has made Lawn see that Lord oh God uh, made Hughes see that four four two is probably the best formation for the personnel that we've got. So interesting, were it? And we looked, you know... we looked better. I mean, I did worry that he said that he'd gone rogue or something in an interview. He'd, he'd used some sort of term as if God, turning to four four two was like outlandish behaviour. When Bradford City fans have been calling out for it pretty much from day one, I think in pre season we saw that this new formation was a bit bad. I think did we play against? <laughs> we played. We played against um Hull and Middlesbrough and looked great on attack, but as soon as we lost the ball, it was like cut through us like butter. And I mean it. I don't mean like, oh, Dom's over exaggerating it. It fucking happened every time we'd lose the ball up top. <laughs> they'd run,
1: couple of passes, goal. Brilliant.
0: Yeah, and I, and I'm worried. <laughs> I was worried
1: going into the season. Twitter's a wonderful and weird place. I mean, I put um Hughes revert to four four two in the second half against Grimsby. Um, hopefully, you know. We'll get where they want to be, kind of tweet. And someone went, actually, it was a 4 2 3 1. <laughs> I was like, and oh. I was like, all right, you know, we're splitting airs. Basically, he's not playing three central defenders at the back anymore. There's not two wing back. It's a back four. We can mix and match the rest of it. But um... I'd
0: be in, do you know what I would be interested in? And I only know this really from watching these documentaries on Amazon about Premier League teams. I would love to know what level of analysis there is in League Two into opposition going into games.
1: Well, you know, is um, Ma- is Mark
0: Hughes watching? You know, the last three or four games and thinking, right? You know what? I need to go three five two against Grimsby.
1: Now, what? I don't know if this is just this player in particular, but I asked Kevin McDonald on Thursday what he was expecting from Grimsby, and it's out there on part one of this episode. So please go listen. But he says that he didn't really know what to expect from Grimsby, and this was on Thursday before the Saturday lunchtime kickoff. Now, I'm not saying that they may. Or may not have done a tactical session on the Friday, but he was quite open that you know they were contingent on themselves and, and maybe their own approach. Maybe Kevin, I know that not had a full session on the grass at that point, so maybe they did do some tactical work and positional work after that. But he, do you um, think? Do you think League Two is like Sunday
0: League when you're a kid? You know, your manager pretends that he's a proper manager and he maybe
1: gives no, you a few tactics, but ultimately no, you just no. go out and play, don't you? You just go and I, play well, football no, because when I see. I love Kevin McDonald because I love the story about him, and I love that even though, it, it, you know, he's not firing all cylinders yet, and he's had incredible injuries, you know, even worse than yours, Don. Might I say? <laughs> but what a footballer he's been, and, and I think if a fit Kevin McDonald on the pitch every week, you know, would be a huge asset. Organization, positioning, passing forward—you won't see that level on a on a on a, on a Sunday. And then no, when no, I see no, just just
0: on him, that. On that point, well, sorry Tom, to interrupt you, but you, no, on. on that it's important. On that point, and I know that Bradford City fans criticize age of players quite a lot. Yeah. I once saw Paul Merson, player managing Warsaw, came to Bradford. Must have been thirty-eight or something. Dominated the game without moving from the centre circle. Yeah. The yeah. the the good players, the players who've been at the top. Yeah. It's the brain, and you know the, the quickest League Two players at the time or League One, whatever we were in. Couldn't get near him because he was picking out these beautiful passes. His touch was incredible. The ball yeah. was like so close to his feet they couldn't get it. And you hope, and I hoped this for Richie Smallwood really, but you hope that's the t- kind of thing that comes from McDonald. Age is it, it, it. The brain doesn't go. I know the footballers are not able to do physically what they might have been able to do when they were younger, but at this level, a, a brain can pay dividends. Gary Jones is a, a more recent yes. example for Bradford
1: City. Yes, I think I do think honestly that. I'm praying for for McDonald. I do like what I've seen of him in the very short clips and bits he's played. Yes, he wasn't great in the first half on Saturday. He'll probably say himself, but neither was most of the team. It was more tactical, I think, why he was probably withdrawn. Um, But I think he's probably a level up from Clayton that that was there last year. There was Clayton and Smallwood combination. I do think that that Smallwood um, and and McDonald can play together in certain matches, but I think now that's got to involve the likes of Gilead, the likes of Pointer, the likes of Patterson, when he's fit around them as well. I've I think just, that I'm just, that... I'm just, I'm
0: just so disappointed in 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 Smallwood. Like I, I urge him to do well. I really do. Obviously, because it's it's at the benefit of the team. But mm. I've just been so disappointed in his performances since since he joined. In truth, I mean, I had mm. high hopes. He scored that brilliant goal against Hull in the cup. Uh, was it? Yes. I can't remember. He's got a brilliant goal anyway. Early on in the season, we're like yes. yeah, here we go quality player. Uh, yeah. Last season. And, you know, his, his delivery from set pieces could have been so important against Rupert Grimsby and they were so poor. We won a fair few corners. We should have been attacking really well and the, the delivery was terrible. Free kick on the, you know, you know, I don't know what, 30 yards out or something could have been a great opportunity for us to loft it into the box. We didn't yeah. beat the first man and you're just like, mate, this is not good enough. Mm. This is not this is not you've got mm. to play like it doesn't matter what division you're in or where you think you've come from you've got to play like you want to still
1: play football but if he's if, if Mcdonald is going to struggle with injuries and, and consistency of games then he's going to have to he's going have to step up and play isn't he
0: he is but from from those
1: positions you've got to have somebody who can cut the game apart
0: and and, and Gary, Gary Jones was a really good example because the legs had gone but his his determination to win the ball constantly in that specific 2012-13 season made a massive difference. You know, he wasn't the most gifted. I've interviewed him a few times since since then, and he always says, I wasn't the most gifted player, but I had desire to win and I could pick out a yeah. pass. Sometimes yeah. at this level, mate, that, that's all you need. And I want to see that from Richie Smallwood and, and, and McDonald. McDonald, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I almost feel like I've, I don't even know how he plays. But against Grimsby, when those younger players came on, the younger legs, we did look better. And it's almost as if Hughes was like, you know what, we need some cutting pace here. And we did look
1: better. And it was encouraging. Just on that quickly, and I'll come on to the last couple of questions, because I promised you we'd get away for the England match, (laughs) which for those, I don't know when you're listening, but it's about five minutes time, if that. On that though, when those youngsters came on at, 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 at the weekend, do you think it was because the game was a bit stretched? The oppositions is a bit tied. Can you, and I don't like to use this word, but can you trust them from the off, or is it a case if you're just going to have to with the injuries, you know, in, in the team?
0: No, I think I'd, I'd, I'd trust in Mark Hughes's experience there. That slowly introducing younger players to the concept of League Two football, the the the, yeah. the, the, the perils of it. Bobby Pointon aside, because I think he's different gravy. But these players that we've brought in on long, these younger, inexperienced players. I, th- I think you slowly, slowly introduce them. I think ultimately in the season, fingers crossed, they will make a massive difference. And I hope that when they start to make a difference or an impact, Hughes then turns to trust them because I don't feel like he did that with Scott Banks. And I think Scott Banks could have been much more crucial for us last year and we didn't utilise him enough. And I still think that substitution against
1: Carlisle after he scored oh, is absolutely i Oh, pulled you up on that. Are you the first person I was going to say that's mentioned Scott Banks and not that substitution? But you did it. You mentioned I,
0: it. It's because, mate, I, 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 I still have nightmares about it. And I was do you there. Know
1: as well, I could be wrong here, so I'm going to have to gooey this, but I'm going to put my chance, my army. Do you know another footballer like yourself who has oh, the thanks. injury you have? Now, you, you've just mentioned him. What, Scott Banks? I think, I think at St. Pauli, I must pronounce that, I think last week he fell foul to the same injury as you. Oh, Maybe listener can tell us. He's definitely injured. He's definitely got a long-term injury. So yes. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that
0: because it is an absolute bastard. Mate. You want to try all the greats? I agree. I could have been. Great. That's no, why I had, I had, I had trials. I've
1: with... never had it. I've never had it. It's mate, it's it's bad. I'll it be bad. Um, no, but yes, we'll check that out afterwards, and I'll text you. But yes, right, crystal ball time, and then a couple of quick fires. Okay. Where will Bradford City end? And I'm not on about a specific position. You know that's ridiculous. But where will? Okay, let's put it another way. We're going to talk in 12 months. Are you still in lead two? No. Oh, I love that. <laughs> no, I. Can I,
0: see
1: him, I can see him, listeners. And there wasn't much hesitation there. To be fair, he went straight I, in. I like
0: to think that I'm a well-versed football fan. And I've seen this happen to clubs, slow starts. And sometimes the slow start is the best thing to happen. You know, you look at Crystal Palace, was it in 99 or not? Not, not 99, but at some point in the early 2000s under, I think Ian Ian Dowie might have been their manager. Were they like bottom of the championship or something? Yes. And then they ended up getting promoted last year. Exactly. It can. I think slow starts. uh, Not that I'd wish them on anyone, but I think that positives can come from them if you catch the the errors early. What
1: what about a decade ago, Dom, to that fantastic film you invited me to? That's right. Probably five, six weeks ago, and Mister Parkinson. Exactly. It can. It can happen. And And I hope we're not in that position. You're right,
0: mate. Yes, I've totally forgotten about a more, that more recent example that has dominated my life for the last six <laughs> no, months. <laughs> Sorry, but it's um, on
1: that quickly. Uh, can, yeah. can people? Is it, is it, can people access that? How uh, you get hold of it? Is it possible? Ultimately, yes. Yeah, so, and I, I've got to ask you later on. It's not a secret at all. No, no. That, so
0: ultimately, the aim for the team that made it, which is, which is Andrew Taylor, um yes. and myself, Katie Wyatt. And and Tom Fletcher, who I did *Balance Banner with. We we made this thing, and then we hoped ultimately that it would already be out now, and everybody would be seeing it. But we've, I, I don't know what. It's not us, basically. It's not it's not down to us. And but the the plan is, it will probably get another screening or two. Then it'll get a digital release, Excellent. and we'll we'll probably do about a hundred DVDs for people, you know, that Wonderful. maybe don't don't know how to do if, digital stuff. If
1: you are and, a *Brother City* fan. I'll just say there quickly, Dom, if you are a Bradford City fan, in fact, as a football fan, I remember that year because I started at Sky Sports. Tim Thornton actually took me down to do my first sort of interviews pre and post match at the Arsenal game. I remember that. You can actually see me on the side of the pitch at the end of the penalty shootout. But anyway, (laughs) um, that's why I went to look at myself and realise how much weight i put on. <laughs> Point, what I'm trying to make here is, if you are a football fan, or indeed a fan of privacy, you must, when this comes out, go and watch it and take it, because it is a fantastic account of that season. And I was blown away with some of the stories, and and I think everybody who plays a part in that, who you speak to, Don, is absolutely superb. You could have had another oh, like, hour you, on that for me, mate. It was not genuine, it was really good. And the feedback, I was sat next to people of all ages. I had an, an, an older couple next to me to my right. I had uh, a, a, a dad with his son who must have been 11 or 12 to, to my left, and it kept everybody going. Brilliant.
0: Oh, man, I'm, I'm so pleased to hear that, really. Thank you. Genuinely. And, it was and I'm just – I'm a bit sad we couldn't just get it out sooner. Obviously, I want people people to see it. I didn't want 10 years to have gone by and it not be acknowledged. Um. I mean, it, it, I had to go into the club and say, "Look, I've got this idea. I think, what are we doing for ten years?" And they're like, "Oh, nothing really." So, <laughs> so the, the, yeah, yeah. it was it was down to us to make the And it was—I I know that some fans are like, "Oh, you're milking this," blah blah blah. Whatever, could not give a shit. I still live off that season to this not day. All, as a fan, um, yeah. if you're a football no, fan, we enjoyed it, and it was—I think it was right to mark that season. And and and, and you know, there are players involved there like uh, Rory McArdle, Stephen Derby. Um, Gary Jones, Kyle Reed came down who deserved the plaudits because it was incredible and it was a massive part of their careers um, to answer your original question my head says we'll finish 11th, my heart says we're going to get promoted 11th is a very Bradford City position to finish in
1: <laughs> ok 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 alright let's wrap this up and, and Dom you've been fantastic, quick fire I think there's 5 or 6 here and I always find these unfair but I like to put people on the spot favourite Bradford <laughs> City game
0: uh, right, so choice between either Chelsea at Stamford Bridge or Aston Villa. Both were incredible games in the history of Bradford City, and for me personally, they put my podcast on the map. But the the one's got to be Villa. It's cup semi final, winning and 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 getting to a cup final as Bradford City in League Two, and to be able to podcast and stuff. So personally, Villa definitely without question.
1: Quick, just quickly, why not Arsenal? Just with the I lo- quality on the pitch that night,
0: man. Mate, that that Arsenal again was that was our first number one on iTunes as well. Sorry to make it about me, but that's true. No, that's fine, um, but and it was it was incredible. But it's what came after. I loved that Arsenal game. Obviously, it's got a very very special part in Bradford City's history. But it all came to a culmination at Villa. I know it should have come in the culmination of us winning the final, but we didn't. <laughs> so Villa Villa just was like the cherry yes. on the
1: cake to what had been an incredible cup run. You may have mentioned him already, but favourite Bradford City player? Of all time, I think.
0: My first ever favourite player was Nigel Pepper. Unbelievable free kicks. It was a great... And weirdly, I was playing in a cricket tournament uh, a few months ago. His son was DJing and and comparing. No way. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, anyway, so... uh, But... Wayne jacob's another one I absolutely loved to think he were he was a really really talented and he was left footed like I was at the time but james hansen i think James Hansen is really an icon I think his goals and and what he gave to the club and that period in in time at the club was was phenomenal and for me James Hansen is the player
1: Danny Forrest, I'll have a word with you later. He really did set that fan club up. But yes, mate, don't be too disheartened <laughs> by not making his it, it, top five there. Worst memories of Bradford City supporter?
0: Um, I worked at the club when I was first finding my feet in working in sports media, and I was really lucky to have been taken under the wing at the club. And during that time, we went into administration, Oof. and it was a time where we sacked Colin Todd, We'd sold Dean Windass to Hull to make money because of the admin. We sold Jermaine Johnson to Sheffield Wednesday and it killed us and we got relegated that season. And I was sitting in, I think it was the Chesterfield changing rooms. And at the time, press was a bit different there. There was no social media or anything. I was there to basically fill in the team sheet for David Weverall I think. And David Weverall was a hero of mine who played for Bradford in the Premier League and he was. Abs- I've never seen a man in football so upset as when we went down really? and he was in charge. It was, and I, and I was young. I didn't really know, like, I wasn't as in control of my emotions as I am now. And I just, I, I didn't know what I was feeling at the time. I was just so upset for him. And I was upset as a Bradford fan, but just looking at this man broke and killed me. Oh, So, so relegation, I think it was 2004, five. And mm. just, yeah, it was just awful. I felt that then. I felt that. Um, favorite ever goal? Andy Halliday against Chelsea. Easy as that. Easy as that. I, 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 and, and there's loads. B. Grey against Leeds at long distance. A collymore against Leeds. Come on celebration, yes. At so, the cop end, was it? Yeah, some fantastic uh, Billy Painter scored an absolute wonder goal against Bristol City. If you've not seen it, I'll send you after Bradford City fans. Google it. It was phenomenal. I, I was there. Donovan Ricketts threw it out to him. He took it down, volleyed it. Must have been 40 yards out. Phenomenal goal. But Halliday against Chelsea, I have never felt elation like it. You're coming back from 3-2 <laughs> down, uh, from 2-0 down, you go 3-2 up. I'd just been punched by a Chelsea fan because we were podcasting at the time. Everything that it meant was just the best. And it was a great goal as well. You know, it came to him beautifully, struck it beautifully. It's knee slide celebration. Bradford City fans do not see knee slide celebrations very often. <laughs> the whole thing was just incredible. And I've actually got
1: the shirt that he played that game in. I was very Man. lucky to beg him for it afterwards. <laughs> and Don that uh, kindly donated it to a lucky listener. No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. <laughs>
0: mate, but that 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 goal. I know it. football's personal. And I don't know that there'll be Bradford City fans listening to this going, "Fuck oh, yeah, he's picked that one." But it, it is just yeah, it is, yeah, what, yeah. What a goal!
1: What a goal! Yes, yes, yeah.
0: Okay, last two favorite manager. Um. Peter, uh, Phil Parkinson, obviously, <laughs> without, yeah, without question. So. we're
1: going there.
0: I wanted and, uh... to pick some, someone in my lifetime <laughs> and Phil Parkinson. And finally, promotion via automatic or playoffs? Automatic. The playoffs are terrible when you're in your 30s, you feel like you're going to die. And Tom, you've missed one off your list. My most underrated Bradford City player of all time deserves a mention, Gareth Wally. What a player he was.
1: Played for us wow. in the Premier League, got us promoted to the Premier League. Incredibly you know
0: underrated player.
1: I was going to quiz you on that because Jason McEwen was on from another uh, podcast stroke blog, Brafford City, and he brought Edinho into the conversation. As his underrated player? I think so, yeah. Either that or his favourite. Interesting. Edinho,
0: I think, was very highly rated. I mean, he's still fondly thought of by Brafford City fans, but Gareth Wally was the quintessential midfielder you want in your team. Grafter, skillful, scored goals. Yeah. And that Premier League season, something about him caught my eye, and he was a fantastic player. But by the time he reached forty, knees were absolutely buggered. I interviewed him about it, and he said, "The perils of being <laughs> a professional footballer are that nobody tells you by the time you're forty, you need two knee replacements."
1: Don what Newton,
0: <laughs> I hope you are not
1: going to need a knee replacement with all these injuries, mate. Thank Paul you London. very much indeed. You have been a superstar, and you would be, mate. Thank you, mate. Top man. My pleasure.